What up, everybody? You know what this is already. It's your boy, Evil, aka Mr. Activated, coming live and direct. Of course, I'm inside, and right now I'm editing today's episode that I'm getting ready to launch for you guys. I just want to say thank y'all. I took a little hiatus because life was getting crazy, but not crazy in the sense of, but just crazy. The world was just, too many things was happening, and, you know, I just want to put my thoughts together before I speak and things like that. And I'm also trying to move off, less a little bit off emotion, anything that's going on. And plus, you know, we got so many people out here uh, kind of echoing some of these same sentiments, same feelings I'm having anyway, so uh, we get to get back to business and schedule. I'm just learning some new tricks and to make everything else content related a little bit better. So thank y'all again, and also a special shout out to AfroFest. Uh, I do want to remind y'all that it is happening again this year, AfroFest, not the regular festival that we all used to, that we all look forward to. Uh, but right now, uh, with everything going on, it will be an online edition, uh, which is happening from July 17th to July 26th, 8 p.m. daily. So make sure you please go to YouTube, subscribe on AfroFest YouTube page. Um, I think it's AfroFest. Just look AfroFest underscore Toronto on IG. Everybody got Instagram. And make sure you go subscribe to the channel. So they'll be putting out episode. And based on everything else that Dave said is happening i'm super excited and i can't wait for y'all to at least get to experience some of it online obviously it's not the same thing uh nothing ever come close to actually being physically there at afro fest which is the biggest afro festival in north america uh bar none so uh yeah but this year obviously we can't do it we can't get together so enjoy it online so with no further ado this is going to be part two Sorry, part one of part two of this episode that I recorded with my good friend, my first friend in Toronto, uh, Lady Mensa, a.k.a. Linda. I call her Linda, but she's a little famous. Now everybody call Lady Mensa. So, you know what I mean? That's what it is. So, no further ado, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get cooking, man. Let's get into today's episode. Children of the Land. Let's go. What up, what up, what up, what up? Thanks again for tuning in. This is Deactivated Podcast, your boy, Evil. Live and direct, of course, inside of Deactivated Podcast Studio. Uh, today, we got flowers, we got lighting, we got shit going on in here. <laughs> and I have a very, 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 very special guest in the building. Uh, I know you guys hear me talk about a special guest every time, but this one here is it's a little bit extra special. Just because... Extra. This is my first friend ever in the city of Toronto when I moved in here in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, she ran yes. up on me at the bus stop and started <laughs> talking to me, you know what I mean? And then... Is that how it happened? Kind of. I remember someone being lost, not knowing where they're going, but we end up going you're to right, the same you're school. Right, you're right, you're okay. right. I, I just want to add a little sauce to the story. Okay. Uh, but of course... Uh, over time, we've kind of lost touch, but we, we connected back. Of course. Um, she is also a one of the most amazing photographers in the city of Toronto. Thank you. She's Thank taken you. Uh, some of my most amazing shots that I put on my Instagram from AfroFest. So shout out to you. You know what Thank I'm saying? You. I just like Thank the you. big people <laughs> up that you. are out here doing what they're doing. I like it. I like um, she it. Is, she also is a host of a show called Ladies' Corner. 
which is available on YouTube for everybody to go check it out. I'm also, uh, I happen to co-host a couple of those episodes with you. Mm-hmm. Um, You're still a co-host. Still a co-host, yeah. yeah. We gotta, we gotta talk about that. Because, <laughs> you know, that one went south and we'll So it's all a different discussion. Yes. Uh, but if you've recognized her voice or if you've seen her on YouTube, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have in the studio with us Lady Mensa. Hello, hello, hello. AKA, uh, I call it Linda. It's funny though, when I, when I say Linda, it was like, who? So when I say Lenny Mess, I was like, damn, you don't... What do you mean? You got your own name. name you know oh, yeah, I mean? that's true. Because I don't really use, like, my name Linda like that. Yeah. But I expect, like, people to, like, to kind of know. I don't know why I expect that. Honestly, every time I, I say Linda, nobody knows. As soon as I say Lady Mess, oh, oh, like, it's like, which is weird, but I get it now. It's like... Oh, for I should be starting making t-shirts yeah, out here with Brandon. Yeah, come I on, didn't man. Know. Brand, know. The brand is on point. I thought people know the Linda. Okay. I'm but welcome, welcome, that. man. It took a while, but, you know, thank you for pulling up and, and being patient. You know what I'm saying? Why you uh, got to tell them? <laughs> why? Why you got to tell them I've been flopping we've been on co- you? We've been cooking this for a minute, but, uh, yeah, but I'm thanks here. for coming. Thank you. Thank you for having me. How you feeling today? How, how you feeling? I'm feeling good. Uh, it's a lot on my mind, mm-hmm. as you know. Right. Um, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm ready to share and talk with you because every time we talk, it's amazing. Yeah, we it always deep. have a lot. It gets deep, guys. It gets deep, and it might get long, but we're here. Now, when you're saying you're 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 feeling ways, or you're you're, I could I could feel a little bit of unsettlement. Is it the world? Does does obviously right now a lot is happening in the world? Mm-hmm. Um, as everybody, actually, we're recording today on Juneteenth. So, you know, right? happy June to, to everybody listening. And yes. and I, we'll get into that, obviously, a little bit deeper just to break it down. Um, for those who don't know what that is, and, I mean, it happened because I had to literally look into it today, okay. uh, was the celebration of emancipation of the black slaves in the South, mm-hmm. in the United States. And I was reading an article where apparently... And I'll get to date in just a little bit, but they didn't really relay that message because obviously back in the days you had to get on horses to, to relay the message, the message yeah, from yeah. the north to the south. Mm-hmm. So the first messenger actually got killed on his True, way to deliver the, the message. Slave masters didn't want the they didn't to want be them free to, to of know. The yes, and yes, then yes. the second one, the federal government allowed him to, to, to go through and finish the, uh, the crop season or whatever it is. So they wanted to have one last harvest. Uh, the before they let the slave go. So from the time that, and we'll get to date in a second, I have it, but from the time that was actually put in the law to where they were actually celebrated, uh, emancipated for real, it was like, I think, two, three years or something, something like that. Obviously, we're not being dead on, but you but you, you like, understand a little bit what we're talking about. We're yes. like, damn, like they really... And at this point, I feel like everybody should make it their duty to really look into this. Like, you don't need people to tell you. Right. You don't need one to tell you, like, yo, you need to look into the situation, you need to start questioning the things around you, especially if you're a more... Um, the reason why I'm saying more, because I'm, I'm planning... I'm trying not to use the word black mm-hmm. Why? anymore. Well, like, during the quarantine, obviously, like, I, you know, we spoke briefly, we spoke, and yeah. I was in my corner, you know, you called me, and you were worried, you're like, hey, where you at? Yeah, like, I was just like, I was doing the little check, like, yo, you you good? I really loved that. I was like, yo, nobody has checked on me, but, you know, I really appreciate that from right. fellow. But then it was like, for me, in that moment, it's just like, okay, everything's shutting down. You know, the world is changing. I went into... I went to working for myself, self-employment for like a year. That was challenging. Right. And then coming to 2020, you're excited about everything else. Mm-hmm. And then now, city gets shut down. It's not like we were we were um, oblivious to 
crimes against blacks. You right. know what I mean? We know the oppression has been going on forever. And, you know, we're obviously working towards the equality steps. But then now you're in quarantine and this shit hits the fan. Yeah. And then now it's not even like the ones, the authorities that are in charge are actually doing something to stop it, mm-hmm. to say, no, this is not what we believe in in our, in our system. But they are actually fueling it in a way that just blows your mind. Like, are we okay here? <laughs> like, is this what we went on the lockdown for? Right. Like, whew. So it, it, it's, it, 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 is, it is a lot to unpack. And, and we're going to get through it, you know, hopefully to the best of our abilities, bit yes, by piece. Absolutely. Uh, piece by piece, bit by bit. Um, and I, and I want to, let's even start, actually, when we're talking about it, uh, I have my notes on the Juneteenth situation. It was... Um, two and a half education. years later, after President Lincoln Emancipation Proclamation, which had become official mm-hmm. January 1st, 1863. So okay. it's two and a half years from when it actually happened to when like it went into effect, just because, you know, two factors we talked about, what we were aware was messenger got killed on the first time. And then um, let's just say they just didn't want them to go. They didn't want to. They didn't let, want the help to go. Talk to me about. I want to talk about a little bit about white privilege. Mm. How you uh, what's your how you feel about white privilege? White privilege. You know, I don't I don't want to speak too much on white privilege because, like, I feel like that's a topic that I've never really come across. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you do grow up and you see that a lot of white people have things easy because where they go, they get it. Like, especially if you're growing up here. Right. Whereas back home is different. Everybody around looks like you. So you're not really, you know, mm-hmm. it's a matter of brains and skill that will get you the job. You know, right. it's not about being the skin of color. A little corruption. Skin. Yeah, you know, a little <laughs> corruption too. You can bribe here and there. A know? little corruption, but yeah. That, like that's, that's, that's another topic, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So when you come here and you don't, want, you don't really see, like, okay, for, let me just start. Being born back home, coming here, I didn't really think or have the feeling like a white person is better than me right. or stronger than me, can do more than me. Hell no. Right. I know you're a person and I'm a person because back home, my father had a Caucasian um, boss and, I, and he told me, if this is a lie, that the daughter is my godmother. And whilst I stayed with my grandmother, we had a lot of, you know, Caucasians who came through traveling mm-hmm. Africa and they've, they've stayed in my grandma's house and I've had that interaction with them. So it's like, come in here. I never had that mindset, but then when you come, right. you actually try your best, you do your most. Your parents are telling you, don't get in trouble, you go to jail, don't do this. You know, mm-hmm. there's so much rules, that, as things that you can do here that you can't do back home. Mm-hmm. And they tell you to work really hard, and you work hard, and you fill your resume up with all these skills, whatever they ask you in the job, in the, in the employment position, you're doing it, because you're trying to fill up your resume, you want it to look good for school, right. you want it to look good for everything, because what your parents are telling you. But then when you actually have that skill, you have that paper right there, you have at least four or five resumes, you walk in, you may sit next to the, the that's just it, we're talking about white privilege. You're sitting next to a white kid, right. no offense, I've sat beside a lot of white kids in interviews that were not smart at all. They were not even there for the job itself, they just wanted to make money, or their parents told them to get out of the house. Yeah. That's why they get out of the house. I was like, oh really? Okay, <laughs> all right, well, oh, so I, I'm, I need the money, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, I wanna make money because I need to help pay rent and stuff. Mm-hmm. I need to help pay for this. I need to buy things for myself. You know, at a certain age, my mom stopped buying things for me. Right. And I'm not mad at that because it helped me be responsible. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when you go into a situation like this and the kid that sitting, was sitting next to you, absolutely talking foolery, for lack of a better word, 
gets the job and you with your three, four resumes right. get all these questions. You're in there for hours, feel like you're being interrogated. Questions coming at you left and right. And then you'd be like, oh, my partner is gonna help me interview you. But then, you know, you just sat in an interview where the white kid went before you and there was no second person to go in there to interview them. Okay. It was just one person. Then you go in, all of a sudden, and this person come. Oh, we do the interview together, so she's gonna sit in on it. Then you're kind of like confused, like, but you, you brush it off, because again, you don't really look at these things like racism. You're yeah, just yeah. like, oh, okay, maybe, you know, two of you just wanna ask me certain questions, or <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe, yeah, yeah, you really like me, and you wanna know more, and you wanna find out more, so maybe they can help you. But then, it got to a point where you look in the person's eyes, sitting across from you, and you know you don't have the job. Before you even say anything, mm -hmm. your resume matches your real matches, but you know, don't have the job because of how you're being talked to, how the person's looking at you. You're looking at me now and I know you're listening to me, but I can tell when the person's not listening to me, when they just like. They just brushing you okay. off kind of thing. Because the next question also tells you. So now at that point you start questioning yourself. You start like, am I not doing well? Am I not doing right? Like yeah. all these things. And, and I feel like a lot of white kids have come across, don't, they can't relate to this because wherever they go to get the job, and some of them, don't get me wrong, I think some white kids go through a lot and then they put the work into it. I'm yeah. not going to take that from them. But majority of them don't know what hard work is. They're leaving the house only because their parents are telling them. Whereas a lot of black kids leave the house because they have to. Mm -hmm. So for me, if we're talking white privilege, this is what I know. That's what it Half is. Half of them don't leave the house because they don't need to. Right. Or they leave because parents say, get out of the house, go find something to do. Yeah. And even then, they work two, twice a week. Whereas you and I will be working 18 hours a week or taking double shift or somebody will cancel we want to take it because you know we're trying to help out like yeah. that right there that's some bullshit sorry <laughs> I mean <laughs> the burning mic came out listen here. it's it's I look at it and and as you're talking about the, the interview process and things like that and even saying that uh, we come from the continent we come here uh, or our parents came here, we, and I was having a conversation with a friend about mm -hmm. the whole privilege mentality is that um, even the fact that your parents back home have the ability to send you to North America or mm -hmm. to, like, you're already privileged from where you're coming from. Thank you. So when you're coming up here, because we all understand, like, school costs about fifty, sixty thousand for a bachelor. True. And if your parents are in Africa, it doesn't matter the country, and they have the ability to pay this fifty, sixty thousand. You guys are not Nigerian. even. You guys are not even. You guys are even better off than people that are born and raised in the country. True. Because some of us, I mean, I know me. I had to get a student loan, right? Paid mm -hmm. it off, but that was what I had to do. Still trying to pay money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, so I, I get that aspect of it, and I look at it like: imagine you're about to run a ten-kilometer race, and then a white man's is already at eight. Kilometers, so black people unfortunately, because of everything going on, and just to simplify things, that's just what the privilege is. Is mm -hmm. we all run in the same race, race. but you're at eight k, I'm at one. So that means I need to be twice as fast as you, work twice as hard as you, just to finish the ten k. And and when we're looking at the grand scheme of things, and we're like, well, uh, look at Jay Z made it. Mm -hmm. uh, look at you know, I don't know, with oh, Drake, whoever, Drake, yeah. whoever somebody successful, mm -hmm. I, my answer to them is like, but that is an anomaly. Meaning like out of a hundred of us, of course, one or two super talented people will come out. True. But on average, um, for white people, like 
most people are okay, mm-hmm. right? Like in the sense, it's like, yeah, you might not be rich or no, but you're not dealing with the same, same situation situation as us because True. some of us in our families were either the first one to even get a degree, and uh, and I was reading an article that says that also the big difference is when a black person makes it more time than not, he's the one and only successful person or one of the successful person persons. in that family. Mm-hmm. That means that. Your first job, you get fifty thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you get fifty. Mm-hmm. That fifty thousand now, you got to take care of mom, sister, okay. little brother. Whereas in in the white side of things, like that fifty thousand is all yours, right? So you, you don't contribute to the household. I mean, not to say not everybody Wait. does, but in the grand scheme of things, like that fifty thousand goes further because people are not looking at you like you made it because in your family, fifty thousand is nothing. If your dad's a V or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. But then for us. We are that symbol of making it. You know what I'm saying? So already, like, you haven't even got out and you're already dealing with, like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. So, it, I mean, in in some sense, I think for me, that's kind of how I look at it as far as white privilege. Mm-hmm. And then it's just an unfair advantage that white people have had for years and years. We're talking about slavery 200 years or 400 years. And then, with the slavery thing, I have a lot of. I mean, and then getting to the point now, like we're still playing catch up, and yeah, we have the LeBrons, the the ones that make it out, but most of us just don't. We don't go the we same path. We don't have a chance. At like it. we're not we're not all athletes. We're not all musicians. Like we get it. Yeah, black people, we have rhythm. We got skills, and we know the sports is our thing. Yeah. But we're not all musicians. We're not all athletes. You know, and and we all shouldn't be pushing towards the entertainment industry, anyways. Like, for me personally, mm-hmm. like I'm so tired of seeing all these young black kids in America. First of all, it's not Black Linda, more, more. All these <laughs> Moorish. But tell me, why 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 do you want to stop using the black the word black? Because I feel like every time you see the word black in something, it's negative. Okay. Even in books, children's books. Okay. They will have the little black kid holding a white doll on their show, the ugly duckling. Who's ugly? Who's prettier? Who's who's cuter? Okay. And the du- black duck is, is terrible. It's the ugly one. And I feel like when the more time people see black or they hear black, even in any sense, it's just negative. So in your mind, even if you don't think the word black is negative, it's already pronounced out and put forward yeah. as a negative word as a negative and as okay. a spell we got to be careful what we say to ourselves as a spell that eats into your subconscious so you don't really realize but there's something that it does to you so yesterday i was online and i was really reading an article and it was it had like the word black from head to toe i literally told myself change every single black to a moorish and say moorish every time you see black women or girls say moorish women or girls and I, 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 I urge people to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. a challenge for yourself. Even you, I'm telling you, it's a challenge for yourself. Just go two days straight, and every time you see the word black, change it to Moorish. Mm-hmm. Because I come from a country. I come from a continent. Facts. I'm not, I'm not a shade. You know what I mean? You got Asians. You got Filipinos. You're giving them, but you're calling me black, like a basic. No, no, <laughs> no. You're not going to call me no basic name out here. <laughs> Let's change that Facts. word for ourselves, period. You're Moorish. If you go find out that you're a Canaanite, you're a Canaanite. If you find out you're a uh, Moabite, you're a Moabite. But you're from the continent of Africa, and we have names, and it's not black. Mm. So find it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if I call, don't call myself a Moorish, I call myself Fanti, Ghanaian. I have Akan family members. Right. You know, I'm from the Ashanti tribe. I can call myself something like that. It's different. And it's like I was online, too, and a, a guy hit me up in my DM. 
And then he introduces himself and he says he's from um, California. And then he goes, so where are you from? So I was in the middle of writing, oh, I was, I was about to write, I'm from uh, Canada. And then it hit me, and I was like, I'm not saying that I wanted to I'm from Canadian, yeah, but yeah, I'm yeah. like, nah. Yeah. I'm from Ghana, currently living in Canada. And then he said something, I was, I was like, no, I'm a Moorish, yeah? Refer to me as a Moorish, <laughs> if we're gonna go. So he kind of like, kind of went, yeah. he didn't write again, and I appreciate that, don't write again. Yeah. Because I feel like at this point in my life, in this age, there's a lot that I felt is wrong. And starting with that word is what I'm realizing. Especially being online with all these things happening. Mm. Black here, black here, black this, black this. And the media outlets are so quick to pull black and white, black and white. Now, again, let's go back to a child reading this or a mother reading this to your child. Yeah. This kid has seen it in their book. Right. No matter how you put it, they're hearing the word black, they already see themselves, they're already thinking they're off. Yeah. So let's change it. Let's give your children a real name, not a basic color or a basic shade. We are not a shade. You're wearing that shirt right now. You, your skin tone is way different from that. Way different. Yeah, so yeah. why are you going to call me that? <laughs> Don't call me black. I'm a Moorish. I'm an African. Call me that. You know, it's interesting that you say that. And just to piggyback on what you're saying, I remember like back then um, at work, whenever I would go back home to Niger, I used to always say, oh, I'm going to Africa. Mm-hmm. So subconsciously, I just... but. In the past couple of years, I was like, no, no, I'm not going to Africa. I'm going to Niger. Yeah. The, the, the city is Niamey. Mm-hmm. So even that consciously, the, the reason why I rep so hard and is because if you don't know, that means mm-hmm. you need to go figure it out. True. It's not for me to tone down or even trying to explain to you. Thank you. Niger. No, it's not Niger. It's Niger. Niger. Like, you know what I mean? So, and I think that goes a long way to the point where I work now, um, I don't have to like when I'm going to Ghana. I was like, yo, I went to Ghana, but I came back. I went to Niger. So specifically, it, it pushes people to to be aware of what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. And it's not Africa is such a huge place that we can't just be like, yo, I'm going to Africa. That can mean a million Anywhere. different things, Anywhere. right? Um, so it's a good thing that you point out. And I think how do we how do we change these things? Is once again is is consciously changing the tone of mm-hmm. everything that we want to uh, come to life. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like if we want people or even the word Moorish that you use, mm-hmm. if you want to change the, con- the connotation of it, like you got to start to put an influx of positivity in everything that we, we do. Say everything, and I feel like you know, yes, the justice the system is is crooked, is broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It is. And it doesn't look like they're, they're, they're willing to change it. It doesn't yeah. look like anybody's willing to face the matter because even when you go online and you see the comments coming from certain people, certain mm-hmm. Caucasians, because let's just be real, some Caucasians too are stepping up and they're realizing, yo, we've been stupid because it is stupid to yeah. hear the color. And I will tell you, I have one point that I will just end this whole racism <laughs> for any racist out there. I'm about to end the whole racism <laughs> in your head for your ancestors in the grave. Stay there. So like, for me, it's yeah. just a matter of how are you? I lost my train of thought. God damn it! You wanted to. You were talking about ending racism with one point. With one point, but before that. Um. Yeah. You, <laughs> we got sidetracked. We got sidetracked. Because we're talking about we're talking about the Niger, bigging like, up and and understanding where you're coming from and starting to have an influx of positivity in our messaging in and everything that we're saying. Still can't catch it. Still can't catch it. Um, I'll tell you what. Sure. I watched, I, I, I saw, and shout out to Boyle Son, who also was, a, he's a friend of the podcast. He's been on here before. He posted a map mm. 
of Africa. Mm. And in the map, it shows that like Africa is bigger than uh, United States and all these different countries combined. Um, and I will also, and this is just, I guess, the luck of the draw is that I was watching, there was a white lady, a video of a white lady, mm-hmm. uh, and she was talking about the difference between the two maps and uh, why on the map that they, the way that they have it shown, one. the scaling of it, it shows Africa just being super tiny, mm-hmm. but in reality is, is actually bigger. Like all the countries are, are built in a certain way where if there's an influx of white people living there, they change the scaling to make it appear to be a bigger, bigger. country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not the case because when you look at the, um, not the surface, but if you look at how big the country is in terms of square footage or kilometers per whatever, mm-hmm. you realize that like, yo, this is only like, United States is only as big as six countries in the northern part of Africa. Like it doesn't even, doesn't even come close to what it appears to be are, on, like, the, on the map. How you feel about that? That blows my mind. Okay. I found out about this map thing four years ago really? when I was in my conspiracy theories mode, which I'm st- I still am. I still am. Linda's a big... I'm a big fan of conspiracy yeah, yeah, theory yeah, yeah. because yeah. I know there's truth there and nobody will go out of their way to gather all this information and put it out there, okay? Mm-hmm. Where there's where there's a lie, there's truth in that lie. So I will stick with it. And but, but media put a lot of information that's false and what? they go out of their way to... Exactly. To, they to want to make sure that's real. So same thing with conspiracy theory. No? Conspiracy theory, but this is somebody who, who doesn't have any motive. To try to like change. Well, what is his motive to tell me that I should be aware of the industry that I'm looking hard into? What is his motive for telling me that my my leaders, our presidents, are all corrupted? What is his motive for telling me that these people are corrupted and this is what they're doing in the background? And what is his motive for telling me that you might not want to jump into that line as the way for you to be successful. However, look look into another avenue to be successful, but not try to jump into this line because this is what they're showing you to pull you there. But there's something deeper in that sense. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like it's a wake up call because we all have this idea that we think like if you if become famous that's when you will get you will get rich yeah. if you become a baller that's when you, but that's not it <laughs> we don't know the secrets there so yeah. and now how many people say yo i want to know how they make it i want to know how to make it and how many musicians have made it naturally fallen down mm. there was that musician that took his eyeball out jay holiday or something like that because he couldn't deal with the pressure coming from there now we may think it's just pressure but right. there could be something deeper than that and even after all that people ridicule him and call him a crazy but he's saying some serious thing that he said happened to him you know mm-hmm. Homo- like homophobic situations that he was put into you know what i mean it's like you gotta take these things with a grain of salt so i'm like i would take every listen every example right. that people want to give me i would take look it. into it i would take it and i'll look into it because in life my grandma said it's not every experience you must experience sometimes live the pain <laughs> through others okay so wise men learn from other people's yes, mistakes Facts. so it's, it's not everything i'm trying to experience but i'm willing to listen to people in terms of that right so when you when conspiracy theorists are telling me this and i haven't been there i'm gonna take that with a grain of salt yeah i like the industry but now i'm gonna be cautious about what i'm watching Thanks. you know it wakes you up so you're not like a, a brainless idiot following everything that they're doing and a lot of kids right now are doing everything the celebrities are doing yeah do you get what i mean right. so that doesn't conspiracy theory goes off anyways back to the map find out about that map and already it's it's been so so I found out about that map and I was looking, I was just like, I mean, in a way I kind of felt it. I don't know how, I don't know where, there's no fact, 
and I'm not trying to say I'm some spiritual being and like I have crystal balls and I see this, but in a way, I, I kind of already felt it because like I said, coming from Ghana, I was, I'm proud of my country. Right. Like I never, I was never a child sitting there saying, oh, I want to go abroad. Ghana's great. I couldn't wait. I'm, what? Ghana's great. Don't Ghana get me got, started. Yeah, Don't yeah, get me started. Yeah. Don't get me started. Let's focus. Listen, I wanted to, as a kid growing up, yeah. I saw myself marrying in Ghana, having my children in Ghana, having my business in Ghana. I saw myself with a Ghana man, you know what I mean? Or even with a black man. Now you grew up and they're taking you out. You don't really have a mindset that anybody out there is bigger than you. Mm -hmm. But you hear a lot of stories about your country. So the stories that you hear about your country makes it big. And then when you come out of the country, you see the map. You look at the map itself. And if anybody just takes the time, like you, you just did, if you just circulate a globe and you look at it, you can literally connect all these breakages. And if you were able to, you're able to connect the other countries back into Africa, you realize they even sit beneath it. Yeah. And you're looking at the whole African, just the, the map now, it even looks bigger, no matter how they try to flip it, trip. Yeah. If you are proud of where you're from, the continent itself, and the people that are in, it looks big. Yeah. And that's it goes back to the, the brain game. They can't break it here if you don't if you don't give into it. You know what Systemically, I mean? Systemically, they 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 would chip at it bit by bit. And if is is these are information that honestly I didn't. Once again, I think that one of our greatest strengths, and and I was thinking about it. Um, Especially us of the diaspora that could trace our lineage back, and I think that gives us such a greater advantage that before I didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. uh, I recently did an interview. Uh, shout out to Karis Maggie. She has a YouTube channel, and I was talking about um, Niger. Essentially, she was asking me questions about it. At one point, I was a little shaky. I was like, "Damn, do I? Do I need to? I need to <laughs> you need to research it. Do I need to look into this shit?" Like she was asking me about ethnicity and and things like that. Um, and then I started, you know, and then she was talking about uh, my parents and things like that. And I'm able to trace it back to uh, even our origin, origins being from Benin, like originally. Benin. Uh, and then my grandpa left at a young age and then he settled in Niger. And then that created the whole, the new the branch umbrella. of Bellows or whatever. Mm -hmm. So my great grandpa speaks Yoruba, my dad speaks it too. Mm. So there's a connection with Nigeria and us. Mm. So... Even being like, let's say if we claim Niger, there's still like, you can still trace it back all the way there. So a lot of the, the trauma, not knowing where you're from, as African, we don't have that. So that's why also when we come um, to these countries, whether it's US and, and Canada or whatever else, we're able, even like when you go to Europe or whatever it is, we have that advantage where we don't, we already were, we're whole There's in a, a lot sense. of pride. Yeah, yeah, you, know? you understand. I, I mean, especially right now in 2020. Mm -hmm. Listen, it is a. If you're not African, I feel bad for you. You know what? This is. I mean, because that didn't Come on, man. Because we're starting to change the narrative, and some of us get to go there. And, you know, we do our vlogs, and we actually show, mm -hmm. and people are able to tap into it on YouTube. You like what? And what? Shocked? Like, wait, this is Africa? Uh, this yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like when I first came to Canada too. I found myself doing this a lot. I'll be telling the kids about things that go on in Ghana. Especially mm -hmm. the kids, the Ghanaian kids that have never been to Ghana. I'll tell them about the things we do. And they'll be so interested. They'll be sitting there like, oh my God, really? It's like that. I'm like, what is this? What do you guys see yeah. here? And then I started seeing the commercials. I was like, that's not Africa. What the, is wrong with you? With a goddamn kid you on know, the fly. You know, but like fly. And I'm like, hey. For 30 cents a day. For 30 cents a day. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. That's not Africa. What are yeah, you talking about? Yeah, somebody need to sue fucking World Vision, by the B way. Big time. World Vision big has single-handedly this 
like fucked up the whole vision of vision Africa. of what uh, like that yeah that is crazy uh, war vision we're gonna sue you we're gonna we, we're gonna we have really to have get to. a lawyer and you know the funny thing is with this whole black black lives matter thing going on i went on a couple of the pages half of them don't even address this they're not even addressing this issue but i'm like how but let me ask you this does it matter that uh corporation or even white people don't put out what i like to call a feel-good statement Yes. Does it does it matter to you? Why? It, do, it does because one, like I said, we I don't I'm not looking at no Caucasian as a competition. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at you as you're better than me. I'm not scared of you. You can go ahead and try to block my privileges and my chances of getting into. It. Go ahead, but yeah. this one door closes, another one opens. So mm-hmm. that doesn't even bother me. But if you claim you are not a part of the problem, you claim your company is about inclusiveness. Mm-hmm. You claim you are above all this racist incidents that we have going on, then I need you to be about it and let it stick. Not have two black people in your organization of 20 people and tell me that's that's your point of inclusion. inclusion, That's that doesn't work for me. So I feel like all these companies, and especially the fact that most of them get their resources from Africa too. Mm. Self, I mean, I don't have the details out, but we all know the things that goes into these phones is from Africa. We all know there's a lot. Your diamonds is not from here. Your, a lot of your foods are not from here. Your minerals is not from here. Thanks. So for you to have that, that resource coming from the, the soil that breeds the same, that breeds me, mm-hmm. and enjoy that and hate me, how does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, it doesn't. You can't enjoy my, the fruits from my, my soil and hate me. That makes you stupid. It makes you stupid. And I feel like one thing I want these African leaders to do, mm-hmm. because these corporations are making so much money on the backs of, of more Mauritians. Again, I'm gonna fight myself not to say the word black. <laughs> because they're making money off the backs of Mauritians. I think if these African leaders will get up, this is the time where African leaders really need to start stand up. Because with the Wendy's situation that happened in the States, mm-hmm. when that Wendy's burned down, apparently now this, the, the officer might actually go to jail for life. He was actually arrested real quick. Really? Why? Because somebody's money was affected. And now one rich person is pissed. Yeah. So let's hit them where it hurts. All they care about is money. All right, then, African leaders. Your people are being killed on the soil. First of all, the slavery story, bullshit. We mm. walked on that. We walked on that ship. Really? We walked it. <laughs> Our people asked us to walk that because we were coming here to work for them. We we're coming here to help. They came on our soil realizing that our people were helping. So you so you don't think nobody I don't think no nobody got stolen Ninja just think about it just think about it as hard as it is Africans are how are you going to drag me from my home on my soil and I'm going to let you take me you will kill me on that soil but they had guns i think they had some no that's what they're showing me and you now i don't believe, you don't believe that it. no more <laughs> with everything going on i don't believe that no more and i saw a video on right. on youtube and the african lady was an african lady was talking about we give you our resources and our people to go there and help and this is how they were treating them. See, I was sending you that video. It bust my mind. I was <laughs> like, that's exactly how I figured it would be because I have never, and I'm saying this every time I hear the slavery stories and maybe I've celebrated black history and you've seen it, but that's because, you know, everybody was putting it up. And I also want to celebrate those who have actually stood up for, you know, the rights of blacks and have actually lost their life for it because mm-hmm. these are the prophets. These are the people that came to make the change. You know, they did what they have to do and life it's not ours to hold on to. You get it? Right. So, for you to tell me that you had me in cuffs 
that you had me in shackles to my neck and you laid me on top of my brother and they were shitting and pissing on me. When you came to the soil, I was literally doing everything, building weapons with what I have. You came, I was adorned in gold. There were the Moors of the Moors of Spain. These were black, I said black. These were African mm -hmm. noblemen who would travel across the sea to the to European countries to actually help them structure, bring medicine, bring things. So I know you did not find me by accident. Because the first thing I asked myself about this slavery thing when I first came here and I heard about it, I said, yeah. how did they find us? Did they just sit there and magically think we were in another side of the world and then they came to find us? And even if you came and you were exploring the seas like Christopher Columbus, <laughs> if you were exploring the sea and you came to another land, yeah. how are you just automatically going to think of, let me kidnap these people, steal their soil, bring it? Do you get what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of loopholes in there that they'll make no sense to me. And now I'm even questioning the castles, the slave castles on the edges of our, our sea. What you mean? The slave castles, like, they build, like, you know, they, they tell you these things, like, this is what happened. Yeah, this but what, happened what about it? What, what about it do you question? I just feel like our people didn't even put all these things in there. This was all <laughs> set to be a part of the story so we can all believe it. This is how they dragged the slaves through. Really? Some of them died here. But I'm telling you something, it just doesn't feel right anymore. Okay. So their own way of going about this whole situation just exposed everything. You love the things from my my soil, but you hate but you, me. But you hate me, yeah. I mean, to to to, to what you saying? I mean, I I, I don't it, know. It's, listen, I don't know about the walking on the ship stuff. Listen. But uh, once again, like I'm not I'm not here to fight okay. your opinion. I How get it. How many times are your, do your parents tell you when you see an elder outside, mm -hmm. say good morning or say hello? Make sure you greet them. Yeah. How often do you do that? Every time. Every time. Yeah. Now, imagine coming to my land and I have a lot of house helps and back home we do have it. And how many times have people send their house help into another person's house to go help? It happens. All the time. Yeah. And they go and they help. So now you have a master. Your master has a friend. I, I'm not saying this is real. This is my mind just breaking it down like this right, is the okay. only way it could have happened. Right. Your master has a friend that comes to visit him. He's a different person. And your master tells you, you're about to travel. My friend here will take you over, you go and help them and everything. And now you've seen your master travel many times and come back. And then when, you, when you're done there, he will bring you back. Your master really doesn't know the hearts of this man. He just knows a little piece of whatever it is that they brought. And in our history, in Ghanaian history, they brought alcohol and guns to come and take the gold. That's, that, that's the story, right? Your master tells you, you're going with this person and you're gonna go help them a little bit like you helped me and then they're gonna come back. You won't go. Africans will go right? Okay. because you respect your master and you're coming back and your master has done that many times so you will go but then how, how, how do you then explain because the first boat okay you can get the first people <laughs> right you're gonna get you know what I mean fool me once shame on me Jimmy, whatever right mm -hmm. but then how do you explain like the countless other people to follow because it was millions and millions that were taken from them. it wasn't like it wasn't like one boat full right so it was a couple million people which a lot of them perish mm -hmm. Uh, on their way there. Most of them didn't even make the journey. So how do you then A lot explain? of them perish. Again, this is what they're telling them. I mean, they, they, in those conditions, most people wouldn't have made it. But that's the thing. And I no longer believe in those conditions you say really? you put my people in. If anything... I need to watch whatever anything, conspiracy theory video. If anything... You're watching, okay. If anything, you got into the middle of the ocean, realized that they were not they were not gonna go back. You realize like they, there is no way they can see their land and then now you let your mission be known because now you have to explain to your people who are these people you're bringing on mm. and now you gotta create a whole new scene. Because you saw them as a help on their soil, 
bringing them back. You don't even know how, what to do with them. But you saw the energy and the, and the strength that they were using to build. Yeah. And you wanted that. I mean, so first you bring... The countries was built off free labor. Imagine... Thank you. You know, imagine we start selling iPhones been, and we didn't, we didn't pay for any parts to get it made, right? Thank you. Um, that's, uh, I mean... I mean, it's something to think about because my mind has been going haywire lately right. and I'm just breaking it all down. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Because even, how you, what? I don't just, think. Just to, just to also come back to what you mm -hmm. were saying about um, how do you feel about, you know, corporation and white people mm -hmm. speaking in times like these. I wanted to say me personally, mm -hmm. I, I think to a certain extent, we appreciate the statements, mm -hmm. uh, but once again, we need to get away from the feel-good moment. moment. And I, te I tell my friends this all the time. Stop looking for shit to make you feel good. Uh, and we're going to just because randomly... If, if a company like RBC or whatever else out there mm. um, puts out a statement, mm -hmm. I need to make sure that the statement is cool, mm. but I need a policy that tells me, as a company, as a bank, what ensures me when I walk in as a black person that I have the same ability to get a loan, not based on the skin color mm -hmm. or my skin color, mm -hmm. but based on the content of my credibility or my credit score. Yes. That just needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Reason why we need policies is because if you're now your employee does not follow through, it is written as a policy you could get pursued for that. Meaning mm -hmm. now we could sue you for this thing should we be able to prove it. Mm -hmm. So now you're putting your, uh, your money on the line. Mm -hmm. But I don't care about the statement. Mm -hmm. And I also don't care that much about the donation. Because if RBC... Where's that even going? Gives $100,000. Bro, y'all made that in a minute. What's $100,000... Um, to you. To, to a... I mean... And that's why I wasn't even worried about this. One of the top five banks, right? And I mean, I'm, and I'm not using RBC as a thing, right? But this is every financial corporation mm -hmm. uh, that I have the ability to get along. Because honestly, myself included, I get treated different when I walk into a bank. Mm -hmm. That's how, how so? I, I went in there with a big check, you know what I'm saying? And the guy's <laughs> just, he's just giving me Wait, this. Wait, hold on, hold on, how big? How big? <laughs> it's giving us a number. It's giving us a number. Big. No, it's big. Come on now. Five zero. <laughs> Yeah, at least oh, oh, yeah. oh, he's got money. No, I mean the, the and 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 now this check came from a lawyer. Okay. With the lawyer seal on it. Mm -hmm. The fuck you? What are you asking? And he's still asking. Come on, it says the, and you know, in trust of like a lawyer check is as good as, even if there's no money in that account, that check will clear. Thank you. But I'm there like the guy's just looking at me funny and and I hate overdress. I like to dress how I feel comfortable mm -hmm. wherever I go. I don't believe this whole suit and tie and but if I don't have to, I don't. If you don't have to, you don't have to. But I'm like, and I look at him man like, you really, you, you really about this life? And I think he kind of backed up, but even that alone, like you feel that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like banks and especially financial institutions, we need policies. Mm -hmm. We need y'all to tell y'all, to tell us we have these policies in place. Please. That way, if I go and I feel that, we could pursue it. But you donate the money, good. Cool. We're going to take the money because we need it. We got to bail out some of these protesters and shit like that. True. <laughs> you know what I mean? But also the money, you're giving us 100000 Like, <laughs> Okay. We'll take it. But we got to get away. And, and, I, and, I, and I talk to my people and I, and I tell my people this all the time. We got to get away from the feel-good good moment, moment from Thank these corporations. We, we don't need anything to make us feel good. We need things to add to this uh because we're trying to dismantle this 
white privileged oppressive systems that's been in place for generations and generations. Mm -hmm. And how do you start to peel back those layers is you put policies that we can follow through. And we just talked, we opened up the podcast talking about Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. Even with policies, y'all still found ways to not, so honor, not honor it. So what you gonna do? You gonna give me a statement? And that's that's <laughs> literally what's happening now. And I feel like a lot of also too the problem also comes from a lot of Caucasians who are realizing like, yo, okay, this is stupid. Maybe my idea of racism has been very off because I don't really know much about it. But instead of actually admitting to that, they'd rather stay in the hate. Mm. Make America great again. America was built on the backs of blacks. Shut your ass up. You did not have a structure the, until they came in. And, and, the, and the Indians, Indians did sorry. Shout out before y'all got. <laughs> oh, indigenous, indigenous people. I see you, my indigenous people. They have those. Listen, yeah. I feel for them, okay? And there are they actually um, people of our color who are also indigenous. And I didn't know this. I was like, oh, we, we are all over. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, after I found out about the Moors of Spain, I was like, okay. So that one was the one that clicked everything else. But, anyways, going back to that. About um, indigenous people and being, and also as you were talking, I remember. You, did you see that video about the lady saying, "We learned that from you"? All this looting and stealing and, and killing. We learned violence from you. you know how many videos I see? Yeah, no, that, 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 that was that was moving. I was even trying to pull it up right now. You have to show me. Um, yeah, show me another one too that I saw that. I felt like was very stupid. Especially that celebrity, Shikana or something, that was crying about the Gucci store. I was like, is this woman sick in her head? How Gucci you crying? Store. She was crying over. I think Tory Lanez even like put her on blast. Like she was crying over the Gucci store. You people need to leave the Gucci store alone. They ain't got nothing to y'all. I was just like, you know, I don't blame you. Let's see if we could play. We could play I, I, the I, I do not. And so we are in a state of emergency. Oh, Black people are dying in a state of emergency. What's her name? Sean something. Shane we Rene? cannot look at this as an isolated She's incident. Like the reason why buildings are burning are not just for our brother, George Floyd. We're, they're burning down because people here in Minnesota yeah, are saying to people in New York, to people in California, to people in Memphis, to people all across this nation, enough is enough. And we are not responsible for the mental illness that has been inflicted upon our people by the American government, institutions, and those people who are in positions of power. I don't give a damn if they burn down Target. Because Target should be on the streets with us calling for the justice that our people deserve. Because we shot there more. Where was AutoZone at the time when Philando Castile was shot in a car, which is what they actually represent? Where were they? So if you are not coming to the people's defense, then don't challenge us when young people and other people who are frustrated and instigated mm -hmm. by the people you pay, you are paying instigators to be among our people out there throwing rocks, breaking windows, and burning down buildings. And so young people are responding to that. They are enraged. And there's an easy way to stop it. Arrest the cops. Charge the cops. Yes. Charge all the cops. Thank you. Not just some of them. them. Not just all here them. In, in Minneapolis. All of Charge them. them in every city across America where our people are being murdered. Charge them everywhere. Thank you. That's the bottom line. Charge the cops. Do your job. Do what 
what you say this country is supposed to be about the land of the free for all it has not been free for black people and we are tired don't talk to us about looting y'all are the looters america has looted black people america looted the native americans when they first came here so looting is what you do we learned it from you we learned violence from you we learned violence from you the violence was what we learned from you so if you want us to do better Ooh. I love this woman. I can, I have a another that, video that, from her. That, 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 that gave me chills a little bit. Yeah. That was that was a part. It's 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 crazy to like she was um referring to we've learned this behavior from you. The violence and, and also that's what also when we talk about still on a privileged topic, is that when you grow up in an environment from when you were a small kid mm -hmm. that always told you you ain't never gonna be shit not even verbally but mm -hmm. you know you don't got nowhere to play you ain't got good schools no. you don't got good food no. you're you see the police you're running and and to even go back to, to to that specific topic these are things that maybe i wasn't aware of back then but back at creek when we used to live uh which you uh lived there and so on and chilling with my homies downstairs we got harassed by cops almost on a daily basis mm -hmm. and what? i can't remember what what, what is the division of the police station across the street 12 division 12 mm -hmm. uh cops there's the fucking assholes they used to come on there with their bikes this is the first time actually i've seen this was before they started doing the police and community programs by the way that was before that